Welcome, Erica, to the World XP Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you on. You know, uh, we were talking a little bit before, and you said you've been modeling since you were three, according to your mom. So uh, it's been a quite the long career for somebody so young. But uh, why don't you um, give us? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for thanks for coming on. But second of all, um, if you can give a little bit of uh, introduction in, in terms of like what you're involved like what you what industry you're in and kind of how you're involved in that yeah thank you for having me um so my name is Erica my nickname is EJ um I have been modeling since I was three according to my mom don't know how true that is can't really verify it I've seen the pictures (laughs) the evidence in the photo albums but that's the word on the street. Um, so I'm a model. I am a fashion designer and I've been designing my own clothes since last year. Um, my brand is called Bare Edge and I am also an online business coordinator for fashion professionals. So I help small business owners who are in the fashion industry with the back end of their websites and booking appointments, emails, customer service, that sort of thing. So kind of got my foot in a lot of places in the fashion industry so yeah awesome so you've kind of well you've kind of seen it all to a certain extent um but the modeling itself I guess we can we can start there a little bit with the not that my conversations generally have any structure but we can kind of start with that so you like when your mom says you've been modeling since you were you were three obviously I would unless I'm mistaken, it's not like you were doing photo shoots for companies and doing like commercials, the little kid commercials and stuff, but kind of what, so how did you kind of jump into that from like, you knew, I guess you liked being in front of the camera when you were little, and then you moved into making this more of a hobby. And then I guess, and then career out of it. How did you kind of jump through those hoops and figure Mm -hmm. out that that's kind of what you wanted to do rather than, you know, when you're in school and like, oh, go to the school, get your degree, and then do whatever. You didn't take that path. Yeah, yeah. Um, as you said, yeah, like, I I can't imagine a time, like, back in my childhood where I did not want to be in front of a camera. Like, I was always stealing my mom's heels. I was always stealing her dresses, like, being in front of the mirror for as long as I can remember and my mom herself like she loves taking pictures so it was always like a great balance or like she loves taking pictures I love dressing up so that's kind of how the dynamic was um until I got to about college I would say that's when I was old enough to start going to castings and open calls for agencies um and it's fashion has just always been in my life. Like I, I love expressing myself. I love just everything about it. So I guess that's where I've always seen my path going. Um, and then when I got older to realize like the certain steps I needed to take to be where I wanted to be, like I wanted to be signed with a big agency. I wanted to be on all the runways and magazines. I want to have like a billboard up somewhere. Um, when I got old enough to start seeing like the steps that I needed to take to get there, then I just kind of kept the dream going. So when I got to college, I got signed with my first agency in New York and, um, that was fun. It, it, it it was, it was great. It was fun, but it wasn't my ideal 
agency. They didn't push me hard enough. I, yeah, that's that. Um, and then I wanted to go to a fashion school and kind of like push the boundaries there. But of course you have people in your ear saying like, don't you want to be a teacher? Don't you want to be a doctor? Don't you want to do finance? And I'm like, no, I don't. So (laughs) the closest thing to that was like psychology for me. And I loved helping people. And that was kind of my logic when I went to college was like, okay, if I can't do fashion, what's a backup plan um, in case it doesn't work out, as people say, and I guess psychology was like the closest thing to that. And so I ended up studying psychology and not fashion. But of course, while I was in college, I was going to casting still. I was still doing photo shoots, still doing runway. Um, and then when I got out of college, I loved, loved, loved my college experience and I would do it again. But once I finally got out, I was like, eh, never going back. I think I'm done with school for now. Like, <laughs> that was great and that was fun I loved the experience more than I loved like the educational side I learned a lot more outside of college than I did when I was there um and so after that I was just kind of like okay it's time to put my foot on the pedal and really pursue what I want to do and that is designing my own clothes and you know, traveling and doing all that fun stuff. So I guess that's the the timeline of it. And I've, I've always been like a risk taker. I'd rather take the risk and be happy in my life than not take the risk and be sad and not doing what I want to do just to please other people and society. Um, so I guess that's kind of how it, it rolled about. And then after college, I started my own business and designed clothes. And now we're here so yay <laughs> that's awesome i think i, I want to you mentioned a couple of things about the like the castings and the auditions and, and the runways and stuff i think out of my own curiosity and probably other people's as well whose only experience with uh, a runway comes from movies or tv shows mm-hmm. uh where i have no idea how accurate that is um <laughs> But what's what's it like? How do you go about finding these different uh, auditions or castings, and and what sort of, uh, I guess I'll say qualifications or resume? What kind of resume do you need to have? Because I know um, I talked to a few actors on the show previously, and they kind of how to get an audition for that is very different from like a normal job say so like they would be Mm -hmm. they would have um like in the job rec or whatever they would have the lines that they needed to read and they would basically record themselves reading the lines or whatever and send that and a headshot in and Mm -hmm. some stuff that they've been in is it similar in the in the fashion industry or instead of like you're not reading lines obviously but is that kind of a similar sort of situation or kind of walk us through how you find them and then apply and how that process works Yeah, so it is actually pretty similar. Um, So there's like two different ways that you could go about modeling and finding castings and stuff. You could either be a freelance model or you could be signed to an agency. Um, When I wasn't signed to an agency, I was doing freelance. So as a freelance model, people would either reach out to me or I, I I don't remember me reaching out to someone else and being like, hey, let's do a photo shoot just because I was younger at that time and, you know, kind of 
wary of doing stuff like that, but a lot of the things that I would find would be on the internet. So um, there's a website called models.com where it has like all the top agencies and some of them have their websites up and you could click on them and it'll show how to submit to the agency to be considered. Um, if you didn't want to go the agency route and just do freelance, you would basically hit up photographers and say, hey, I'm trying to build up my portfolio. What's your rates for this? Or can we do it as trade where you give me the pictures and it's like an exposure kind of thing, which is less popular these days. Um, but yeah, as a freelance model, you would just find that stuff on the internet. And as you said, you would do either pictures of your full body, like a half shot and Sometimes they'll want a video of you walking, certain things like that. And then you'd submit it. If you were assigned to an agency, which is the more popular way to go. Um, and that's because agencies find you the jobs and you don't necessarily have to go out and submit all these qualifications yourself. They kind of do all of that for you. They take all of your pictures for you, like when you first get signed and you have to keep going to get them updated. But once they have all like your media package and your portfolio and your digitals and stuff like that, they send them out to the companies and the companies then communicate with them, like who they want or who should come in for a casting or that sort of thing. But it's, it's kind of similar to acting as well. Cause there's been times where my agent would like text me and say, Hey, this company wants to work with you. They need, um, two videos of you walking, full body shot, a half shot, that sort of thing. So it's pretty similar, but yeah, it, it having an agency definitely helps you in terms of getting more jobs and oftentimes getting the higher paying jobs or um, working with bigger companies. So, yeah. Gotcha. What sorts of jobs exist other than, like, obviously you can be the subject of a photo shoot but for like what kind of what kind of purpose does do a lot of these photo shoots have because like for example I've uh one of my friends from from school I uh (laughs) when he was first doing his photography stuff he asked me to take to model for him a little bit so I did like one or two with him but that's not obviously the same as what you're doing so what kind of purposes do these photo shoots have? And then what kind of other jobs exist? I know I, I remember watching a TV show and um, one of the characters made a joke about being a hand model. Uh, like, That's a thing. Yeah. That's so a like thing. Good so when, money. when I heard when I heard him say that, basically it was a, it's like a crime TV show called Psych. And he, there was like a crime within like a fashion show or whatever. And he basically just said, oh, I'm a hand model to like try and be friends with all of them. but I was like oh there's no way that's real because it's just a hand right so like what like what sort of jobs are there out like out there and kind of walk us through like a I don't know I asked like three questions in one but kind of when when the agency calls you what sorts of jobs exist Mm. that's a good question but like the answer is the, the jobs are endless to be honest like like you said it could go from hand modeling to like like being on a poster in the subway somewhere like it images and media and videos have so many different types of usage um 
I get it just depends on what the company is. So hand modeling is definitely a thing. And the first thing that popped into my head when you said that was like, if I would assume if like my agent reached out with like a job that was hand modeling, it'll probably be like jewelry or mm-hmm. like nail design or something like that. Um, not sure if you're familiar with like how the nail designs look in like the little nail salons and you have to, you know, flip through the... I mean, I've, I've seen the magazines and stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so just like where the hands are just kind of sitting there all nice and delicate and I've actually gotten some jobs like that um well castings for jobs like that when I was signed in New York um and my agent was like send pictures of your hands close up overlap them with each other and do like a gentle gesture like it's very specific the type of things that they look for um as far as photo shoots go um it depends on the company so you could do uh, a photo shoot for a big company and it'll probably be used for department stores so your poster could be up in all their department stores or you could do a commercial and it could be broadcast for a month. Um, there's it, it's really, it really is endless. Um, I'm sure that when you were talking about like your experience with your friend and you did um, modeling, I'm sure that that sounds more like it was for his portfolio kind of to show his work to other people as well, but he could also use that to put on his website or I know yeah. that there's, where there's like generic pictures of things that bigger companies would use for their content so if if you were to take a photo with your friend of you drinking coffee he could then take that image and sell it to a company and have that company use that image for their marketing gotcha it goes pretty it it goes in different directions yeah yeah no i definitely it was definitely part of his like portfolio at, at first or at least the one on instagram he's off to bigger and better things shout out to frank yang images doing big things i think he's in la now doing stuff i don't know get it um, Frank. and also happy birthday although when by the time this goes up it'll be all right anyways um <laughs> so that's one of the reasons why i wanted to talk to you especially because i think uh and sometimes in movies and and maybe not pop culture anymore but it used to be kind of when you would think of uh like a model you sometimes you would get the portrayal in a movie of like a ditzy kind of like selfish person who just wants to take pictures and me having one of the things I I tell people when I'm curious about new things and I is I have an appreciation for like people who understand the very fine details of certain things and so like when you're talking about the hand modeling they have specific things that you're looking for like what sorts of things are those? Because to the trained eye, like I wouldn't appreciate a picture of somebody's hand because I'm just like, oh, it's their hand. But like mm-hmm. for you or for somebody who's looking, like what are like what are the sorts of things? And it doesn't just using hand as an example, but it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. hand only. What sorts of things do people look for um, in models or in photo shoots? Like the mark of like a a, a good model, right? Because you can you can be an attractive person and be a bad model i'm assuming is that is that a fair statement it's like what make like what makes somebody a a good model Mm. i think what makes someone a good model i think to just start off with it's your your mindset because 
there's a lot of people that have reached out to me and that I've talked to that I've seen where they don't really care too much for the craft. They just care about making money or like being the most popular or uh, they see everyone else doing it. So they want to do it. And from that point on to me, that would be not a good way to start a modeling career if you have no passion for it. Because then the people that do have passion for it, it's kind of like, okay, you're taking up space, like move over. If you don't really want this, like have somebody there that actually wants to be there. Um, so I think for me that it already starts off that your mindset makes you a good or a bad model or, you know, something like that. But in terms of like portfolios, um, everybody starts off from somewhere. So there, I was looking at my pictures from back in the day and I was just like, I don't even know what, how, why I thought I was cute. Why I thought this outfit was fly. Why I thought this pose was it, but. Yeah, but you've worked on it and improved. So like what, like what sorts of, like what's the craft, I guess is, is more of what I'm asking. Like what sorts of things would you like for sports like you work on your like your dribbling or your passing or whatever the case may be but like what sort like what are the finer details of like like a pose or like your yeah, walk yeah like oh, like okay. how do you how do you work on that and what sorts of things do you look for because to the untrained eye it's mm-hmm. like I'm not like they all look the same so like yeah. like what makes it like what sorts of things makes would you look for yeah like what are the details where somebody's like oh that's really good versus like that's like fine Mm -hmm. deal. so the two biggest things for me is runway like the difference between runways and photo shoots so for me I've had to work on my walk like my runway walk for a really long time and like you said to the naked eye it's like oh it's just her walking down the, the runway like anybody can do that but I've had to take several walking classes to be able to walk the way that I walk. So a cool example would be crossing your legs. Okay. Just as an example, we are trained to not cross our legs a lot. So if these are my two feet and they're overlapping a lot or or have like huge gaps while you're walking, that is considered a bad walk. So we're trained to put one foot in front of the other and extend our legs and have and point our toes, if that makes sense. I'm trying to do it without like me. No, no, I, I got you. So, um, yeah, that's just one of the examples. You over time, you have to learn how to put one foot in front of the other. You can't look down at your feet. You have to stay stare straight ahead at the camera. Um, you have to extend your legs, point your toes. And your shoulders have to be back. Uh, I mean, your shoulders have to be, yeah, I said that right. Your shoulders have to be back and you have to have a long neck and not kind of twist your head as you walk. So there's a lot of little things in terms of like walking that is very, very difficult, but I can understand to how like the average person could look at that and be like, oh, anybody could do that. Actually, there's a lot of techniques that models use to walk the way that they do. And I feel like that's one of the biggest ones because <laughs> I've, I, I practice my walk all the time. And even the videos that I did from Miami swim week, I was looking back at them and I was, man, I was 
crossing too much or my head was moving from side to side too much or my arms look awkward or my arms weren't swaying next to my sides like they're supposed to. So I guess those are the parts that you perfect over time that in turn makes you a more professional model. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Is Is there a particular reason why, like, for example, your feet are not supposed to cross? Like, for example... I, I'll probably end up using sports as an example a gazillion times because that's what I know best. But like, <laughs> if you hit the ball a certain way, then like it'll has a it has a different spin on it. like the, like it might go to the <laughs> same place, but there's a different spin on it, and that would help with X Y Z reasons. Like, is there like is there a reason for some of those things as like specifically yeah. or? Yeah. So for the the foot crossing, one, it's for balance. Like we're on heels a lot of the times and a lot of those heels are not short. So if you're crossing your legs and your one leg kind of gets caught on the the floor, like hits the floor weird, that leg is flying. And so are you. And now you're on the floor. (laughs) The whole path is showing up. It's not messed up, but you know, nobody wants that. That's like a model's worst nightmare, saying the ground. Um, so balance. And also when you're crossing your feet in one in front of the other and you're like standing up tall with your shoulders back, it helps whatever you're wearing look better. It, it looks more elegant. It looks like you have more control of your body. Um, it looks very smooth and effortless. And that's what models are taught mainly is to make everything look smooth and effortless so no matter what I put on you could put on like a, a trash bag a bathing suit a dress a, like shorts and top no matter what I'm wearing how I'm walking is going to determine like how good I'm making it look so if I'm if my walk is kind of all over the place and my mm-hmm. legs are crossing too far apart I'm on one side of the runway now when I'm supposed to be over here the garment is falling off one end is hitting the ground and the other end is high like it just throws everything off balance and makes it look less elegant i guess gotcha is that hmm, this is not meant to be rude so i I hope it doesn't come off off that way but is that why sometimes you can see uh like ridiculous sort of like outfits with like shoulder things like going all the way out there and like different things because you walk in that certain way so is that like part of the reason why or is that just part of the fashion world in general like are you are you asking like when designers make those things it it doesn't it doesn't have to be just yeah like it doesn't have to be just the shoulder ones in general but like Mm -hmm. you would I would use the term you would never see somebody wear that anywhere but a runway type deal. Mm. Like those sorts of things. Yeah. So, so yeah. So what I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about is the wearable art that we discussed slightly before. So mm-hmm. that's called couture and you won't, you are absolutely right. You will not typically see somebody wearing a couture piece out on the street somewhere. Those are more for like events or, um red carpets or uh like themed photo shoots that sort of thing um but yes in the sense where like in order to be able to wear stuff like that and make it look good on the runway and make the show flow effortlessly your walk and your posture while you're walking would have to be on point in order for things to not 
fall over and for it to look chaotic because a lot of the things that some designers make it might look crazy and you know weird to like the average person but the people in the fashion world are like oh that's that's so cool like how are they doing that there's shows where people are literally stacked on top of each other like another human being on your shoulders and walking down the runway and you just have to know like as a model those are just some of the things that we deal with we don't even question it most of the time it's like okay if your vision is to have somebody sit on my shoulders then it is what it is I can't argue with you with, with your vision and you know you got to do your thing on the runway and walk how you're supposed to walk so <laughs> that's how it turned out <laughs> uh, no that makes sense though um uh just picturing some things i've seen on the internet of anyways um I lost my it's a cra- the, the fashion world is, it's a it's a it's a very unique and creative space so a lot of the times when we see things like that it's we never really question it. So it's so it's so interesting hearing it from somebody who's not really heavily involved in the fashion world and seeing your perspective on it. Because it's like, for me, if I saw that, or when I do see like the big crazy shoulder things and the, the sparkles and the person on top of the shoulders, it's like, oh, I wonder what was going through their mind when they, you know, like, it's so interesting. And I'm like mm-hmm. curious to know, like how they got to that point and what their vision what their vision was because I guess for me I always know that there's some meaning behind it there's a reason why right and created or did it this particular way and usually when you find out it's it's really cool and then you see it and you're like oh okay I see that exact like that's pretty awesome yeah no that totally makes sense and that's the other reason why I was talking before about kind of like the finer details of the why things happen like that's why because I know that I have, uh, I'm aware enough of myself to know that I know nothing about fashion and I'm sure there's reasons for why all of these things happen. Mm-hmm. That doesn't always happen in the world. Generally, if something is wacky, sometimes there is not a good reason for why it's happening. But however, the fashion industry has been a thing for forever. And so, well, not forever, but you know what I mean? And there's mm-hmm. a reason why it's let, like, why it's popular and why it's stuck around. So Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I want to kind of go off the designer piece a little bit. Um, when you're like backstage at a runway, and also forgive me, a lot of my questions are going to come from what I've seen in movies. And so no, no. Basic, basically, I will be asking if they're accurate or not. Um, okay. but, but I've seen scenes before where it's like, it's, everyone is running around like a chicken with their head cut off backstage and the designers are extraordinarily stressed about like the most minute details that mm. when you watch the movie you're like dude who cares it's like one sparkle that didn't like or whatever or something like that mm. how one how accurate is that but two kind of give, give us sort of a picture of what it's like backstage at, at a runway when because I would assume you you wear more than one outfit right yeah yeah. yeah. So like, what's the process for like, you're, all right, you're changing outfits, et cetera. Like what's the atmosphere like back there? Like give us sort of a, a picture of what goes on backstage during a, during a, run, mm-hmm. a runway or a fashion show. Yeah. 
So when I was actually doing my last runway, I was looking around and I was like, this is the only kind of chaos that I would ever want in my life. It's a, it's such a beautiful and like fun chaos. And when you're done with it, it's like, man, like that was great. And that's what keeps you going back. So it's definitely the case of like, everyone is 1000% running around like chickens with their head cut off because you have to think about it in a way where it's like, okay, depending on what designer you are, what kind of show it is, this opportunity doesn't come to you all the time. Maybe as a designer, this is your first fashion show and there's hundreds of people out there waiting to see your pieces supporters strangers and you want people to like what you're putting out so if a button flies off it's it's kind of like (laughs) it's kind of like a a bride on her wedding day where it's like the slightest thing could just tip tip it over so if one button falls off that button is it it's it's like the end of the world because it's now the piece is ruined and people are going to see the missing button and now you got to fix the hair to make it cover the back of the button or it it just throws everything off balance and if you're thinking about it in the sense where like you only do like one show every few seasons or maybe this is your very first show or maybe your very last show you want to impress people every time and there's media everywhere and people taking pictures all the time and if somebody catches that missing button and you know you, you want your brand to look a certain way it it kind of alters how somebody might see your brand and they might see it as cheap or they might see it as it's not good quality the button popped off you know what I'm saying so Mm -hmm. in the sense of like being upset about like little details like that that's a lot of the reasons why it's because it's such a big moment for everybody but when you're backstage I guess to kind of walk you through the process you have a call time you get there most of the time everybody's running late you might be the only one (laughs) (laughs) you might be the only one showing up on time or most of the models are there on time and the makeup artist is not there the hairstylist is not there and when either of those parties are not present when they're supposed to be there it pushes everything behind so makeup takes forever it takes forever to do so if one makeup stylist is missing or if the makeup team is missing that's chaos it's like now we got to go buy our own makeup and do our makeup ourselves and now the the visions are are out the door and you got to do your own thing and improvise so that's one thing so then when they say okay everyone it's time to get into your first looks it's like okay everything's going smooth every the make let's say everything's going well i'm gonna i'm gonna walk you through a backstage where everything is going well. Yeah, so, go do that where everything goes right, and then do it where everything goes wrong. Goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so everything. So this is the scenario. Everything goes well. So you know, you show up on time. Everybody's there on time. You're sitting down. You're eating your breakfast, or you know, whatever that is. Um, start getting your makeup look done. You start doing your hair and. Everybody's going good. My favorite part, by the way, makeup and hair feels great. You sit down, let people do what they need to do. Okay, everything's done. All the models are ready. The host says, okay, everyone, get into your first looks. 
everything's chill. Everybody puts their coffee down, put their orange juice down. Everybody's getting dressed nice and calm. It's like, oh, this is this is cute. I like this. Oh, the jewelry piece. Okay, the hair looks great. The makeup looks great. All right, we're ready to go. Everybody's lining up now. So in the back, we form a line. And that's the order of how people are supposed to then walk out onto the stage. Everything's going good. People are taking pictures for Instagram. Cool. Post on stories. Great. So show starts. Music is bumping. Everybody's excited. Everybody's pumped. Everybody in their first looks. All right. Show has begun. People are walking out. Now it's my turn to walk out. Okay. Walking out. Boom, boom, boom. Killing on the runway. Pictures are being taken. Mind you, I have two other looks to transfer into. So do my thing on runway, having a great time. The moment you get off the runway, that's where the chaos ensues. The second you are, are done walking through your first look, it, it like all the brain cells just start firing all over <laughs> Because from that moment on, the show just goes by so quickly that you have to change in literally, I think I've changed before in maybe seven seconds. Where And it's literally like, and you have maybe two or three people helping you get in and out of your, your stuff. So as soon as you come off the stage, shirt off, dress off, shoes kicked off three people helping me get this garment back on, two people holding my hair back, makeup being changed at the same time, jewelry being slit on on your wrist, new shoes being put on by a fifth person, uh, touching up the the lipstick. And all of this is happening in like seven seconds. And you're just kind of standing there trying to put your limbs where they need to go. And you start sweating and now you're all sweaty. And it's like, okay, got to get pat down by the sixth person to glitter you up and make you look fresh again. And then you got it. Now they're like, Erica, Erica, where's it? has anybody seen Erica? And you're like, I'm right here. And you're walking, trying to run with six inch heels on. And you're the, the next person to walk, walk out, boom, boom, boom. And you do it all again. Depending on how many looks you have, that is just like the repetitiveness of it. And it goes by so, so quickly. And by the end of the day, you're like a sweaty mess with like your makeup dripping and like the extravagant eyeliner going all the way to the back and your hair (laughs) twists and buns and it's like hungry but it's so cool it's 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 amazing like it's it feels really good and I guess it's because it's like adrenaline and it's like you're you're constantly going so I don't know I love it I love it runway is my favorite thing so before you go to the other version of that story, um, <laughs> the pragmatist in me would just be like, why don't they just have another model to give you guys another minute to change or another couple models? Or like, like why, like, I feel like it is from, again, from the outsider's perspective, it is unnecessary that I feel like from a planning perspective, there, there should be a way where you have more than seven seconds to do that. Yes. Practically speaking, that is how it is. And that is how it should be. But once the show starts, you can't pause it. Like you can't 
interrupt the show to be like, oh, our model isn't ready or you can't throw off like the designer's vision of having one look go after the other. It's kind of like reading a book. It's like how the story kind of flows. If you just skip the chapter, it's like, well, where'd that come from? Because some some designers, most designers actually, when they're doing a show, it's it's in order of how they want to tell their brand story. So maybe the color palette is the same. And if the first three looks are like green and the next look is supposed to be some sort of hue of green and you just go straight into like orange or bright yellow and then go back to green, it's kind of like, and then the, the, that model style is not the same in the same design category as the one that just went out. It just, it throws everything off. So everything is like planned ahead of time with the host and the designer's vision and how the the fashion show was supposed to run that if one thing is slightly off from an audience perspective who's there watching the show it can make it look chaotic and Mm -hmm. they can tell that like okay I don't think this person was supposed to come out when they did and it just kind of kind of throws everything off so that's why yeah I guess I guess I meant more of like a without messing up the actual order of the like outfits Mm. like are are you like when you go are you hired specifically to wear these five outfits or or like how do how do they decide that because I guess what I was asking more of like was if why can't they just add like another model in to like so the the lineup of outfits is the same but they just like pop another model in there who's also and then so like the first one has an extra second to change because she doesn't have to be at that exact like that next spot she's got mm-hmm. like one extra girl going before her type mm-hmm. thing, I guess is more of what I was asking yeah so it it kind of happens um it kind of happens that way when things are not going well So if a model doesn't have enough time to change into a different outfit, and let's say another model is is finished with their outfits, then they're like, okay, can you see if she can fit this? And she'll give that look. They'll give that look to the other model. And if she fits it, then she'll go out instead. But it's kind of, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, as a model, that's your worst nightmare because you're supposed to know how to change quickly and you're supposed to know how to, um act well under pressure I guess if 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 I were to miss a look like if I was hired and also as a model like I would want to be seen as much as possible so if I have three looks and because I couldn't change quick enough they took one of my looks away it's like that breaks my soul like that I would be so sad it's I guess in in terms of sports it's like if you're put on the bench like for doing something you like a foul or like a a foul or maybe like you did something by accident and they're like all right you're you got to be on the bench for the next I don't know two plays or whatever it kind of sucks it's like no no of course so it's it's kind of like that where if you don't have enough time yeah they could put it on somebody else but you don't want that to happen and maybe they might not hire you again because you can't so yeah (laughs) yeah i guess so like when when they're planning it how much time is really allocated normally like is it more than seven seconds or like is it you normally have like a minute or two or is it 
I, I, I don't know how they how they plan it because they don't really explain that to the models. We just gotcha. kind of show up and at our time and it's just par for the course. Yeah, and it's like these are our looks and we change into them quickly and we go out when we when they say it's time and we mm-hmm. don't really question any of that stuff. But yeah. do they hire you for specific looks? So like I know they, obviously you don't want to like have like ch- like end up changing looks or whatever, but like yeah, when when the designer or whatever is this, like has his look, he's like I want Erica for this one, this one, and this one. Yeah. Or is, or is it I want Erica generally for this thing, and then we no. figure it out later. You get hired for a specific look. So after you go to a casting, you go to a fitting, and in that fitting, they try everything on you, see what looks good, what they want to see you in, and then you have your specific looks that you're supposed to wear in the show. So they know, and I know, like, okay, I'm wearing these three looks with these shoes, these accessories, and on the day of the show, nobody's confused. It says your name, your outfit is right under your name. It says one outfit, one, two, three, and you, everybody knows what's happening. So if anything is off and you miss an outfit and they have to give your outfit to somebody else, maybe it doesn't fit that person. And maybe, and obviously they didn't want to see that person in it, which is why they gave it to me. So yeah. it, it kind of throws it off. But yeah, you're typically hired to wear specific things. Gotcha. All right. So if everything goes wrong, what's that like? <laughs> oh boy. Make it, make it like, make it like, I would assume you've never had this exact scenario happen, but like, I would, I would think that at some point during one of your shows, you've had something go wrong at every step of the way. Is that, (laughs) is that just like during different shows? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like on show one, you had like step two go wrong. And then in show two, Mm -hmm. you had like step three go wrong and step in show three, you had like step one go wrong or whatever. Mm -hmm. So go Mm -hmm. through like, if all the steps go wrong, (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah but like it doesn't have to compound on compound on it but just like what's the like course of action if like the makeup mm. people don't show up or like if one of the yeah. looks doesn't whatever I don't I don't know I don't yeah you know what I'm saying yeah so a bad day <laughs> would it would would be okay you show up on time and everybody else is late and you're sitting in your chair or wherever they have you waiting for hours, um, waiting for the next step. Um, Typically, you know, normally you would eat breakfast or something, but if you didn't eat breakfast, there is also no food there. So you're starving now. So you've been waiting for hours, you're starving, and makeup isn't here yet hair isn't here yet but all the models are here yet I mean but all the models are here so now you have people to talk to that's cool that's great but when is everything happening you know the show starts at a certain time so makeup is running late they're in traffic what do we do okay we have these certain looks they'll come to us and they'll say hey models did you bring your makeup and it's like no we didn't bring our makeup because we were told that a makeup team would be here it's like okay cool they send somebody out to whatever store to purchase makeup for all the models that are there and they have someone on their team do the makeup instead. And they're like, here, okay, here's your eyeliner. Let's put some blush on. Let's put some mascara on. Okay, now the makeup is not 
what the vision was originally but now you have makeup on okay yeah. cool and now people are running around like now like, people like, are the, around. like the whole place is on fire it's like that meme yeah. of spongebob's brain <laughs> exactly. oh my gosh exactly i love that episode um and let's say hairstyle the hairstylist team doesn't show up okay well first of all being a black model not everybody knows how to do your hair so when you show up with your hair a certain way because that's how they said to show up with it and the hairstylist isn't there it's like okay well what do you want me to do with it now like do you want it in an afro I can't if you wanted a sleek bun that's not gonna happen with this like I need maybe four hours to get it in a sleek bun but that's let's say that's the look that they want now you have to work with trying to sleek up a very curly and coarse afro into a sleek bun in maybe 30 40 minutes before the show starts okay let's say you manage to do that so now hair is done makeup is done everybody's still kind of running around and you get into your first outfit oh this is a this this fit me before but now it doesn't so what can we do (laughs) So uh, maybe now my look goes to somebody else or they give me a different top to wear. Um, And then the same chaos from the first time. (laughs) Doing a great job. (laughs) And I guess, I guess that's where it ends because after you go and you do your walk and everything is, you know, every, if, if everything fits, still you end the show and end the day and it's like okay wow that was crazy but it was still great and I'm I'll be back next season baby like (laughs) you know how it goes it's like it's a it's a pretty toxic relationship with fashion it's like good bad we still come back so it is what it is (laughs) you did a great job describing that I felt it I was like I would be stressed for sure um so i lost my train of thought oh i remembered um so you we you last week you uh you mentioned um swim week in miami what what does that entail or like what is that is that a certain like show or um so basically it's one week where a bunch of um it could be local it could be big named but designers will come together with their swimsuit designs and they have one week to do fashion shows and to show people their new collection um and it's if are you familiar with like new york fashion week like i'm sure you've heard that Mm -hmm. or it's basically the new york fashion week of miami which is like a huge deal and like big names come out and the audience is filled with like media and people. And for models, it's a huge deal because there's so much press going on that you might end up in a magazine or you might end up in Vogue or um, it's just a lot of exposure happening Mm -hmm. during that one week that it's great for everybody, the models, the hairstylists, makeup artists, the designers. um, And yeah. So a bunch of fashion shows happening and everybody's showing their collections and it's a huge, huge thing in the fashion yeah, world. Sounds yeah. like it. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, when uh when you texted me or whatever, you're like, oh, can we do it next week? I've got swim week this week. 
Yeah. You're probably like, what is, what is that? Yeah, I was. So I wanted, so I wanted to ask you, but yeah, that makes total sense. Like probably swamped all sorts of just people wanting to talk all the time, different looks, different, the who's who of. And that, it just, the the good and bad scenarios that I just gave you, but happening Mm -hmm. entire week. Yeah. Running around and what outfits go here or there, who's walking when, like that entire week is filled with that. So just a whirlwind. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're like, I can't even imagine. Yeah. No, 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 not really. I was trying to imagine. I had a few comparisons, but I will leave them to myself um (laughs) i want to get to uh, so we've talked kind of a a lot about the modeling part itself but and we've talked a little bit about the designing but you're also designing now so what sorts of so did that just come as a byproduct of of the modeling or did you always want to do that and then if and then how, how do you like how do you find your inspiration for your designs and how does it like how does it manifest itself I guess because mm-hmm. you would have inspiration from different places and I could say oh well this inspired me to do x y or z but for you it's inspiring you to put it into an, an outfit so how do you like mm-hmm. translate that idea into clothing because I would imagine um, that the inspiration is not consisted of just like oh that would look cute it's like you have an idea of something that isn't clothing but you turn it into an outfit like how does that work yeah so um I've I've always wanted to own my own brand I've always wanted to I don't think at the time I actually no I did I would say that I've always wanted to design my own clothes as well um and as I got older, I was just kind of like, I'm going to either do, but when you have ideas like that, you kind of see it as like, okay, when I'm 35, I'll do the adult thing and own my own brand and kind of start that process. But like, when you reach a certain age, you just, you're impatient. Like I just got impatient and I was like, if I don't do it now, I'm just going to keep making excuses and be scared to take that risk. And it's never going to happen. So I'm either going to do it now or, you know, it's not going to happen. So I finally decided to do that about two years ago. I launched my brand, uh, Bare Edge, and I was actually doing wholesale at first. So I was basically being the personal shopper, the buyer for my brand, and I would go out and I would source um, items to then be put in my store. Um, That went on for quite some time, and uh, over, over a period of time, I was just kind of like, I'm not passionate about this as much as I thought I was going to be um and then I come to find out it was because I wasn't really that in much I really wasn't as involved in the creative process of designing my clothes and that meant more to me than I thought it did so I was like okay maybe I need to start designing now and that was huge for me because I was like, that's something I couldn't even see myself doing for the next like 10 years, but I really wasn't happy doing wholesale. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, how am I, how am I going to go about it? So long story short, I just started sourcing um, my fabrics. I started putting my ideas onto um, paper. I started sewing and I really loved it. 
And I was just kind of like, okay, this is what I was missing before. This is, this is the juice right here. Like I really, really enjoy this. And that's kind of how that transpired to me designing. Um, as far as my inspiration goes, um, I guess in the process of like going from sourcing my items to designing what inspired me were like the other small business owners and designers that I was following and how they were able to find like sustainable ways to make their items. And it was more about like, yes, I'm, I'm putting my ideas and my designs out there and I'm helping women feel confident, but I'm also contributing to sustainability and maybe I'm using less waste um, than the average or the bigger companies, the fast fashion brands and using less weights than they are. So that means a lot to me now. Um, so I'm sorry, I forgot the other questions, but yeah, I think looking at other small brands and seeing the effects that certain parts of the fashion industry had on the environment as well, also motivated me to start my own brand and to design my own things and do it in a way where I was able to control most of the aspects of the business. Because when you're doing like wholesale, the, the style is already made for you. Right. And it's, you just buy it and now you offer it. But when you're designing, you get to choose where you pick your fabric. You get to choose the strap that goes here or that goes there. So those little details meant a lot to me. And I think it was definitely the best decision I've made in my business so far. That's awesome. Um, the other, so I, mm. real quick, and then I'll go back to the, the other one that I asked you before. But, so do you currently like sew or make, make your own clothes right now? So like how, like when you get an order, do you then make it and ship it? Or like, how does that work? So I have a seamstress team who makes my stuff. Um, I sew the samples. So if I have an, an idea, if I don't, I recently started drawing a lot more. I usually suck at drawing, but I started drawing my designs a lot more. But before, and I still kind of do, if I have an idea, I would go sew it and I'll put the sample together and I'll wear it and see if I like it. And then I'll bring that sample to my seamstress team and I'll say, hey, this is my idea. Can you do this professionally? <laughs> make the scene <laughs> great and make it look presentable. Um and yeah, so if I got an order right now, I'm doing made to order. So if somebody placed an order, um, I would give it to my seamstress team. I'll bring the fabrics and everything to them and they'll put the piece together and it goes out. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, this is spawning more questions. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to, so the question that I had asked before, I think will take a little bit longer to answer. So I'm going to try and remember it and then keep moving on and then... <laughs> come back to it so your okay. seamstress team so you're cl like is that like are they your employees so like when you're running so your business i guess you've had enough success clearly to have like a team of people working like f for you with you with you for you i would say that they are working with me because they are not my employees okay. um they're some they're a team that i found and they have their own shop and I go to, I'm their client, I guess. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Okay, that makes, that makes sense. 
All right. So the other question I, I was going to ask, or I had asked before was, you have your ideas right in your head of like, okay, this would be cool. How do you translate that into an outfit, right? Because like you have different ideas and they won't all come in the form of like a piece of clothing. Mm. So how do you translate those into, into fashion basically? Yeah. Um, I would say I am literally surrounded by fashion all the time like from the minute I turn on my phone like I get like the things that pop up are all like fashion related so I guess in terms of like let's say the first collection that I put out um that one is called satin pretty still available um (laughs) but I was thinking about like a satin silky very like effortless dainty collection that I wanted to put together I didn't know how I was going to do it or what exactly I wanted to do but I know in my head I wear satin a lot I wear silky satin dresses a lot and I, I feel great in them so I was like okay I want to put a collection together that makes me feel this exact same way So in my head at the time, all I had were these like words of like silk, satin, dainty, effortless, like it feels great on the skin. And then with with those words in my head, I guess I was also um, seeing a lot of um, things that would remind me of it. So I was seeing... um, certain designs that had like maybe a strap on the shoulder or I would see a design that had like a long strap go down the back I was like oh that could look cute and then in my head I'm like okay oh but what if with that strap I can make it like super long and you could tie it however many ways and maybe the front kind of drapes a little bit and with all these things going in my head I'm like okay I have to I have to make it tangible like I have to see it in front of me in order to kind of get the idea out so then that's where I bring out the sewing machine and like it's all going on in my head and I'm like sewing I'm like okay well I'm gonna fun fact one of the designs that I'm actually talking about right now uh the exaggerated straps is what I call them that was actually brought up by a mistake so when I thought of this particular design I knew I wanted it to be silky and satiny and I knew I wanted it to drape in the front because it gave that effortless look um and I knew I wanted straps however when I first designed it the straps were not that long it was just like a little bit on the back and that's how it was so I designed that and I brought it to my seamstress team and I was like hey this is something that I thought about do you get can you guys you know make this in the fabric that I wanted it to be so they made it and I was like but I do want the straps to be like a little bit longer just a little bit when I went to go pick the item up from them they made the straps so long. I was like, this is not what I, this, when I first thought, I was like, you guys made the straps so long. But I mean, I guess I could try it on. I tried it on and I was like wrapping it and like finding new ways to put it. And I was like, wait, I could, this is kind of cute. Like this could work. And so that's kind of how that piece came up where it was like, I came up with the design and from I guess like a miscommunication the exaggerated straps came and that ended up being like my best seller and 
yeah, it, the inspiration just kind of comes from all over the place. Most of the time it just starts with like a feeling like, oh, I want something that feels great. And, you know, something like that. And then I'll just act on that feeling and I'll start seeing things that inspire me, like maybe another piece from somewhere or I don't know. And then I'll just sew it together and then bring it to them and they bring it to life and just and there you the go. continues from there. That's awesome. That's really cool. I, yeah. I feel like a lot of things like that, like come from inadvertent mistakes and they end up being cool and, and like the artistic world. I was talking to, oh, this is going to bug me. One of the guests I had previously on had a similar sort of, oh, I think it it might've been Kevin. He designs, he's a video game designer. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, I guess, like accidentally broke one of the characters, but then it ended up balancing something else out and it like worked itself out. I don't really remember, but shout out to Kevin, episode 20, go watch it. Um, You can't argue with the universe when things like that happen. Like you just let it, just let it. Yep. Have to, have to. It makes it so much easier as well. It's like so much less stressful when you're just like, you know what, I'll just roll with it this way. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So in terms of, let's see, in terms of running your your business, Mm -hmm. have you, do you enjoy the more businessy side as well? Or is that kind of the like, I wish I didn't have to do this, but I don't want to be with an agency type thing. Oh, you mean in modeling? Well, or either, either one, really. I think that there's, there are advantages and disadvantages of both because in terms of like having an agent, it is great to have an agent and to, you know, kind of let them do what they do but then in certain ways depending on what kind of agent you have uh, my agent is great love her but with other agents it could be the case where maybe they're really restrictive and maybe Mm -hmm. they want to control how you put certain things out into the world like maybe they say you can't post that picture on Instagram because it makes you look a certain way or like your Instagram feed could only look like this or oh, is that a th- um, I that would be a thing that's a thing I've heard so many stories it doesn't happen with me thank god but I've heard stories where like some models agents would tell them like you can't post this certain picture because mm. it makes you look a certain way or it's bad for our branding and that's wild that's yeah i mean i yeah. guess that makes sense but also it's still wild but yeah. in terms of like the the entrepreneurial side of running running your business your clothing business mm-hmm. how has that has that been a steep learning curve for you a little bit or or like how how have you adjusted to to doing that versus like being employed by Mm. someone or another company um the uh, the learning curve was I wouldn't call it steep there was definitely there's still certain things that I don't know there's a lot of things I don't know about business or finance or accounting or things like that in terms of like running my business but I would consider myself like a self-starter and I all I need is like Google and instructions and 
whatever tools that I need and I 99.9% of the time will be able to figure it out on my own. There's a lot of things that I've been able to do without the help of like a course or asking for help or anything like that. Um, And so I've been able to teach myself a lot of things, but even the things that I've taught myself, like for example, taxes, words cannot describe how much I hate doing taxes. Like I, (laughs) it, 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 I hate doing my own taxes. And then once I had to do it for my business, I was like, this is, this is the point where I feel like once I start making enough, you know, profit, I can invest in an accountant because that is just somewhere I don't want to be in terms of my business. Um, That is one of my learning curves. Like I don't mess with the IRS. I don't mess with taxes. Um, Turbo tax for the win. For the win every year, yes, yes. But for the most part, I I learned a lot of things on my own. But it's very difficult being a one woman show and having to do everything yourself. And as much as I don't want to, and a lot of small businesses don't want to, eventually, if we want it to be like as big and successful as we want it to be, we're gonna have to outsource certain things that we don't have time for. So even though I might know how to do it, that doesn't necessarily mean I enjoy it or like I want to be doing it. I know it's a necessity for my business and it has to get done, but I'll figure it out. Yeah. That's kind of how I'm about it. Like, I'll I'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. That's what um, I was talking with. Wow, this is the first time I think I've plugged two episodes in one episode. I was talking to (laughs) Zane. um, He's a TikToker and he well was and then kind of dropped off one of the things that we talked about with him is it's like if to kind of go off and do your own thing you really have to be a self-starter because you are the one that like you live and die by you like you there's nobody else who's just gonna give you a paycheck it's like you got to make the content you got to make the designs you got to do all that and if you don't well it's not very good it's not a good situation but yeah no it's definitely you so one of those things where you have to love it because otherwise like it's hard to make yourself do something like that all the time Mm. it's not a fun experience for anybody when they're forcing themselves to do something that they don't want to do every day um yeah if i didn't enjoy it i feel like i would have quit a long time ago yeah but clearly clearly you do like you can tell by the way you talk about like the runway especially like i hear like you tell me the situation and I'm like, Oh my God, that sounds horrible. And you're like, it's so amazing. And I was like, this is why you're doing it. And I am not, I mean, there's other reasons. There's other reasons as well, but we don't have to go into those. Um, all right. I got, I think like maybe one more question just out of my own curiosity. Mm-hmm. Feel free to decline to answer this question. Oh boy. <laughs> when you're just like going down the street in like everyday life or whatever do you find yourself looking at people being like oh my god why would you wear that <laughs> or or we can go the opposite and be like oh that's a really great style and then you like think of maybe like how to turn that into your own design does that happen do you like do you find yourself doing that a lot just like how your mind works with fashion or not so much to be honest, because my mind works the way that it works with fashion, I do not find myself doing that. Because if I saw someone wearing 
something that I personally would not wear in my, my brain doesn't immediately go to that's an ugly outfit or like that outfit is horrible. How can they walk outside like that? It goes into like, okay, if they, if this is what they want to do and they're happy, they look happy to me and they look fine to me. They look, okay. They got the purple top with the orange shoes and the chain. It looks like they made some effort to come out and make that outfit. So they look happy, let them do their thing. Because with fashion, there's no right or wrong in my head. It's however you want to express yourself. And if you're happy and if you're confident, wear what you want to wear, no matter what anybody is telling you. Um, So yeah, it doesn't really, it doesn't ever really go into like, oh, the outfit. How did you walk out the house? (laughs) No, that's super refreshing, though, to hear you say that, because I think a lot of people think, or I don't I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think there's a good amount of people that, like, when they get around somebody who's involved in the fashion industry, become self-conscious for mm. whatever, a variety of reasons, like, oh, is this, like, mm. whatever the case may be is, so it's, it's, it's refreshing mm. to hear that, like, for, like, for me, I kind of view it in a similar way that you do unless it's one of my uh close friends <clears throat> zach who wears basketball shorts everywhere but that's, <laughs> he, he probably won't watch this so it's fine um, but like but i kind of i get i get what you're saying though because i think where the difference is it's like okay this person the hypothetical person I was talking about is like, okay, they have the purple top with the orange shoes and they put the chain. It looks like they made an effort to put this outfit together and to come yeah. outside. As opposed to somebody who does just does not care on what they throw on. It could be something that hasn't been washed for a week, the same basketball shorts or tank top that they've worn for the past three days. There's a difference between like that and like making an effort. If you're not yeah. making an effort and you're just throwing stuff on because you're being lazy and it's like, all right, this smells clean, so I'm gonna just <laughs> let's not <laughs> let's not do that. But that's for sure a guy thing, hundred percent. Yeah, and most of what I'm describing right now has been <laughs> mainly from guys that I've seen this with. So yeah. I don't know. that actually reminded me you talking about the the kind of disconnect there what are some of if you had to go and say like biggest misconceptions about the industry Mm. like what like what would you say probably are the at least the ones that you've experienced anyways it's a good question biggest misconception I feel like one of the biggest misconceptions is that we're like, in terms of modeling, I feel like a lot of people think that we are living like this crazy, lavish, like bougie life where we don't do nothing. We don't do anything else, but like sit on the beach and like half naked taking Instagram pics or like. (laughs) we don't do we're we're constantly like on flights or on our way to the next show and i think those are instagram models actually oh i mean if you want to get into the instagram model versus right like we can can go there we got time we can go there because 
there is a difference in my opinion but like I feel like in general in terms of like what a model's life looks like I feel like a real one because we're doing a good job I guess in making it look effortless and like we have no care in the world but to take these cute pictures and that's just not the reality of like how things work in reality a lot of models are like broke (laughs) and in reality a lot of models are not happy um where they are in their career or you know yeah yeah that's a whole different can of worms that we can get into if you want but yeah I feel like the biggest misconception is that like we just everything just comes so easy for us and we don't have to try to do anything and every we get handed everything and it's just not the case for majority of us yeah yeah. Do you want to get into the Instagram model versus real model? I mean, it, it we... seemed it seemed like you did. So uh, fire away. I don't even know what question to ask for that. But <laughs> what, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? Um, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to find the right words to say where it's not like you know come off the wrong way, but. We know, I feel like we know it's going to come from a, a good place. Good All right, go for it. Fire away. <laughs> so, I don't know. I guess I would just say that there is definitely a difference between uh, being a model for Instagram and being a word can I use a regular model <laughs> because you could say real no I didn't want to use that word I didn't want here to I said it you, I, <laughs> I said it you didn't say it if people are angry that that word was used you can talk to me because I know nothing about it <laughs> I, I just think that these days with social media people are getting confused with with the technique and the craft that comes with being a traditional model as opposed to I'm sure there's a craft and a technique that comes with being an Instagram model however the the crafts and techniques are very different Um, I feel like typically an Instagram model is it's very easy for them to like find their angles because they're 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 not the one, I mean, they're the ones holding the camera and being able to put it on a tripod and sit it somewhere. And there's a lot of editing that they can do on their own time and make themselves look however they want to look. And I feel like there's also, um, I feel like there's a lot of, uh, a lot of focus and emphasis on like makeup and putting outfits together and that sort of content when it comes to Instagram modeling as opposed to regular modeling where we we can't control the camera right like we we have to create the craft of like knowing our angles just by practicing in the mirror like we we are not the photographer and the model somebody else is taking the pictures and we just know how to move because we've practiced over time in the mirror we if you took 
an average Instagram model and try to put her on a runway, chances are she's not going to know what she's doing because she's used to taking pictures on her phone. If you put a traditional model on the runway, chances are they're more likely to know what they're doing because they've probably taken some runway courses or things like that. So <laughs> there's, 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 there's a difference. There's a difference. But to each, to each their own. Everybody's happy wherever they are. And it's very diplomatic of you. Thanks. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah what what are I'll, your I'll, what are what my are, thoughts <laughs> oh i don't know i don't really have thoughts that's not true um i don't know it's like kind of what you were saying before is the the part about the craft and the techniques and all that for me that's what um the difference is i i can compare it this comparison makes sense in my head and maybe for some of the soccer people listening, but there are people who will post only videos of them taking free kicks or doing like juggling tricks. Mm. And you know that if you put them on a real soccer field and go 11 on 11, not always, but a lot of the time there, they won't be that good. Mm. Um, And people will show off these certain like, uh they're called like cone drills where you like weave in and out of cones it looks very impressive very quick footwork all that sort of stuff i feel like i I think i've seen that yeah but if you put them on a field do they have the game awareness do they have the sense do they have the technique to hit a long ball do they have the ability to play with their teammates and play defense Mm. and like track back and like do all these other things that aren't shown in those videos so that's kind Mm. of the comparison that i would make and to your point of them saying to each their own it's like yeah that's fine like I don't care if you do that mm-hmm. like it's not it's your life and do what you want with it mm-hmm. but the time and effort that like a real I'll say real model a real model <laughs> would put into um to like the runway walk for instance mm-hmm. like those courses are probably not cheap I would think yeah not cheap right you yeah. you've put time and investment in instead of just like I'm going to have my friends take a bunch of pictures, like a hundred pictures, and then I'll just pick the one that looks the best and I'll edit it. It's, it's not, it's, it's a craft. And so, yeah, yeah, I don't know. So that's kind of the comparison that I make to it. And you can also compare it to like comedians online now these days. Like if you've seen funny videos and people who are funny with like videos that are cut because they've, edited them to mm-hmm. like say the jokes at certain times but if you put them on this uh like if they did a stand-up yeah. show and they're not funny it's like oh but you were funny on instagram it's like yeah well because they were able to edit the video and make them you yeah, know exactly when so it's, it's actually it's cool that you mentioned that because i don't i listen to joe rogan a lot and he's got comedians on fairly often mm-hmm. and they often go into the how long it takes to actually write a set and the timing Mm -hmm. of the jokes and how like when like the specials that people see on netflix takes like years to perfect and they Mm -hmm. that's what they do in the comedy clubs and sometimes the jokes don't land and like um Mm. and so they now that they know maybe i'll deliver it this way instead of that way or i'll wait an extra second for the punchline or i'll change this Mm -hmm. line up here and there and they're constantly working and refining and and for them it's different because their practice is like if they bomb on stage 
Like that's, that's horrible, but that's yeah. how they practice. So it's like, mm-hmm. they have high risk practicing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if, I guess it's, pro- it's probably not the same stakes for modeling. And it's definitely not for soccer. Like when you're practicing, oftentimes it's you getting out of bed in the morning and you got like one, one teammate with you or like your teammates, but it's just practice at the end of the day. Whereas a comedian, it's like, they're practicing of people. Yeah. So if they suck, it's like, oh, a lot of people saw that. And yeah, no, exactly. So that's why the ones that they talk to are the ones that they talk about often have this like ability to improvise but it's not really it's like reading the room and like they change their sets on the fly so it's the ability to kind of adapt to different things and like you were saying about the runway like the backstage and stuff the ability to adapt if somebody can't get into their look it's like you can take that look and it's like that sort of thing whereas if you put one of the people who do it like on social media only you're good on uh, on social media only it's less like you're good all right dogs they're fun i don't know did you hear uh, kai was outside scratching for a little while earlier hopefully nobody heard that but um, oh was it like that little wailing sound that was her. yeah that was her <laughs> maybe well if it's the one i'm thinking about yeah that was him but yeah um but yeah so like the the adaptation part it's like if if you're one of those soccer players doing a cone drill, you don't have to adapt. But like when you're in the game and the defender moves the way that you didn't expect him to move, how do you adapt to that situation? So that's the thing. Like for me, that ability, like all the training that you've put into that moment lets mm-hmm. you just go into muscle memory and adapt to like whatever the situation is. And that's not the case with the, like the social media versions of those professions, yeah. I'd say. So uh, yeah. that's kind of my thoughts on it. All right. Uh, you, you said it perfectly but then yeah no you said it perfectly you said it perfectly (laughs) it's just the techniques and like when when you see a lot of these people get more um opportunities to it kind of puts models in a weird situation where it's like okay well they don't even know how to walk or they don't know how to pose well and you know you have all these techniques but they're choosing somebody who has more followers because that's what means most these yeah. days it's discouraging but i'm sure from like the the model the the instagram model point of view they might feel the same way so i don't know it mm, mm. <laughs> we love all instagram models there's no love- hate here Please comment, like, and subscribe to the video because we still love you. Uh, I think this is a good spot to end. Um, where can we find your business and your studios and stuff on social media? 
Yay. So you can follow my personal page at always underscore EJ and my business is at shop bear EJ. Sounds good. We'll get those links in the description. I really appreciate you taking the time and having this conversation. I learned a lot. I now know that the movies are accurate. Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It was so, so fun. Of course. Bye everybody. Bye.